The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. And during the 2012 military offensive in Gaza, you tweeted, Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. That really, those unfortunate words were the only words I could think about um, expressing at that moment. But she's back at it. This time she remarked about Israel. I want to talk about the political influence in this country that says it's okay to push for allegiance to a foreign country. The implication here, of course, was that pro-Israel groups are pushing allegiance to a foreign country, feeding into ugly stereotypes about the influence of Jews in this country. Worse, Representative Omar's comments leveled that charge by invoking a vile anti-Semitic slur. Are we all just going to keep blaming naivete for her anti-Semitic remarks? Because I'm beginning to believe she just believes this stuff. Care was founded after 9-11. Because they recognize that some people did something. Must support efforts to end the occupation and achieve two-state solution. We should condemn in the strongest terms violence that perpetuates the occupation, whether it is perpetuated by Israel, Hamas, or individuals. I would say uh, uh, our, our country should be more fearful um, of, of, of white men across our country because they are actually um, causing uh, most of the deaths within this country. I will never stop saying not only do we need to disinvest foreign police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. So we cannot stop at criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. And I would emphasize that in Israel and Palestine, uh, this includes crimes committed by both the Israeli security forces and Hamas. A group of Jewish Democratic members have just released, put out a letter condemning comments by fellow Democratic member Elon Omar. She tweeted the following, that we have seen unthinkable atrocities committed by the U.S., Hamas, Israel, Afghanistan, and the Taliban. Um, I certainly did not or was not aware that the word hypnotize uh, was a trope. Um, I wasn't aware um, of, of the fact that there are tropes about Jews and money. Um, that has been a very enlightening uh, part of, of this journey. It really is revealing when you see the spectacle, <laughs> the spectacle in the house yesterday, and we'll play all the clips for you. But to see them lining up to defend her, her, her little position on that committee. She shouldn't even be in Congress. She shouldn't even be in America. That's the truth. And yet all the talking heads, all, it, tells you, it tells you where the Democrat Party is today when they rise in defense of this bigot, this Jew hater. She hates America as well. And yet they're all defending her. They're all screaming. So in some cases, they're bawling, they're, they're crying because she was kicked off of a, a committee. Lots to get to on today's show. You're listening to Stephen Flurry. This is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you 
joining us on this final program for the work week. It comes to you live every weekday morning at 11 a.m. here in the central time zone of the United States. You can get to that live stream at our website. That's thetrumpet.com. Just go to the trumpet.com forward slash live and watch it every day live with us. If you don't want to watch it live, you can, of course, get to it on demand at our website as well. So America's government, the dysfunctional government, Isaiah 1, it's sick from head to toe. The heart is faint. The, the emotional immaturity on display yesterday. Here again, Isaiah 1, but also Isaiah 3, the children. The children are, are taking over. And the children were, so many of them, were throwing a tantrum yesterday. I, I, I didn't think to get the length of this, this hearing, this debate, whatever it was, before Ilhan Omar was voted out. But she concluded it. I think she gave like a half-hour speech. She had a, a nice picture of herself as a little girl right up next to her. And everyone's screaming. And, of course, all of America, the world, really, watching this spectacle. This is uh, from Gallup recently. It says, more Americans name the government as the nation's top problem in Gallup's latest poll, which encompassed the rocky start of the 118th Congress's term. It says, with high prices persisting, inflation remains the second most cited problem. So you've got inflation. Everyone's concerned about that, but they're concerned about broken government even more than inflation, according to Gallup. Broken government. So here are all of these leaders in government, as I was telling the guys this morning, lying and crying, lots of lying and crying. They lie. It's in America Under Attack, by the way, this book that we offer so frequently. Lying is the modus operandi of these Obama-era officials. They lie as a way of life. They just lie. They just go forward. They're, they're happy. You kick Marjorie Taylor Greene off the committee. When they're in control, kick Paul Gosar off the committee. When they're in control, that's fine. Let's cheer about it. And as soon as, it, as soon as the tables turn on them, look at the hysterical reaction. I mean, they're, they should win Emmys for this. The acting was just perfect yesterday. Crying at the snap of a finger. Here's Ilhan Omar, who said in 2012, Israel, the little nation of Israel, has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. This is not a, a, a patriot. She's certainly not pro-Israel. She hates the Jews. And, and in that montage, you saw her comparing the United States to Hamas and Taliban. Seriously? And, and she should be on the foreign affairs or the foreign whatever committee? I don't think so. So she gets booted, and they throw a tantrum. They throw, it, it's, it's misogyny. It's racism. This is Cori Bush, for her part, yesterday in this hearing, clip three. So let's talk about what's really happening. Republicans are waging a blatantly Islamophobic and racist attack on Congresswoman Omar. And I've said it before, I will say it again. The white supremacy happening is unbelievable. This is despicable. No, no, it's just the opposite. She, Omar is the bigot. She's the one who hates Jews. 
She's the one who hates her country. I mean, she did everything she could to get into the country, I illegally, in fact, together with her marrying her brother so that he could get in as well. This is a lawless individual taking advantage of what she could to get into the States. She, of course, she loves all the prosperity. She loves the, 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 the position of importance. She loves the money. I'm sure she's rolling in that, as all of them are in Congress. But she hates the United States. She hates the Constitution. She hates the American traditions. You see it in what she says. Just put together, it's not that hard to put together a montage. We, we pulled one together in about an hour this morning. And yet they defend her. They rise in her defense. White supremacy, says that congresswoman there from Missouri. Listen to AOC throwing her tantrum yesterday. This is clip two. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. Mm, preaching like a preacher. There's my new sign-off for the program. That's right. She's angry. She is upset. You look, at, you look at these frauds. I mean, that woman right there, Sandy from Winchester, I believe it is, a nice suburb. And then she comes to Congress, and all of a sudden, she's Alessandria from the Bronx. It's fake. It's right, it's right here on the cover of the latest Trumpet magazine. It's nothing but fake. Phony actors. They, they, get, they put on a show. And boy, did they ever put on a show yesterday. Racism! That's what they cry out. Rashida Tlaib, listen to her pour on the, the emotion, the crocodile tears, clip one. It is so painful to watch. How ironic that the so-called lovers of personal freedom are now moving to censor Congresswoman Omar in the same week. They introduced a bill to ban federal employees from engaging in censorship. Where are the free speech warriors today? The hypocrisy is obvious to the American people. You are showing who you all are, really. The gentlewoman's time has expired. Omar will not be silenced. The gentlewoman's time to has Congress expired. Congressman Omar, the gentlewoman's I am so sorry, time has expired. That our country is failing you today through this chamber. You the, belong the gentlewoman is no longer recognized. You belong on the committee. You belong on the committee, Omar. Crocodile tears. They can turn it on. They, th these are the same people who bully, that they insult, they ridicule, they intimidate. And then as soon as they lose a little bit of power, they cry victim. Look at how quickly they can claim victim status. I mean, it's, it's in their nature. It's, it doesn't take but a nanosecond, and they're right into the act. They're right in character. Now they're the victims, you see. Kickoff Gosar, kickoff uh, MTG, but now that they're kicked off, oh! <laughs> the crocodile tears. What is it with all the crying? Uh, there was an article. I've been talking with Sam and the crew about this, keeping, just keeping track of 
the the crocodile tears. It's unbelievable. And there was an article on this very subject in The Federalist earlier today. I'll quote from it in just a second. But, but listen to this tweet from Lawrence O'Donnell. So he hosts a show on, uh, I believe, MSNBC. He's visiting the Capitol for the first time in a couple of years, I guess since January 6th. Listen to this tweet. It says, today is my first time inside the Capitol since January 6th. Everything looks the same, but it doesn't feel the same. Maybe I'll get used to it again, but now it feels like a visit to a, a historic battlefield. This is like a, a Civil War battlefield, says Lawrence O'Donnell. It says here, out of every window, you see the paths of the attackers. Wow. So he's one of the presenters for the nightly news, or at least commentary on the news. He goes back to the Capitol two years on. Oh, it's like visiting, uh, I guess, Gettysburg. It, well, it was the worst attack since the Civil War. That's what, that's what he said, or at least people like him. The emotion, you see. The tears. Oh, it's so serious. These, these, are, not, <laughs> these are not patriots. They're, they're attacking the United States and all of its institutions, doing everything that they can to bring it down, to destroy the nation's founding to fundamentally transform the United States, just as Obama said that he would in 2008. And they lose a little bit of power, and you see, I mean, you see the tears start flowing. Rashida Tlaib probably leads the way. She's the crier-in-chief there in Congress. This is uh, from, well, I forget when it was from, but she was talking about her grandmother, who's trapped under Israeli occupation. This is clip eight. And she said, I'm her dream manifested. I am her free bird. So why would I come back and be caged and bow down when my election rolls her head up high? Yeah, why, why go back to Israel and live like her grandmother, like a caged bird, she says. I wonder if her grandmother, assuming she's in a Palestinian city, I wonder if they took a survey among the Palestinians, if they'd rather have, if they'd rather have Israeli rule over them or the Hamas, PLO, whatever it is, the Palestinian option. Because uh, a lot of Palestinians living under Israeli rule, they have pretty good lives. I mean, there's a fair bit of prosperity in that Western nation. But there she is, saying that her grandmother, she's like a caged bird. She's trapped. She's in jail. Why would I go back and see her? Listen to this one from her tearing up as she calls for Lauren Boebert uh, to be punished. I forget over what, but clip nine. Thank you, Ayanna. You know I get emotional, but let me tell you, all of you, your solidarity means so much. Because when she said that, right, Debbie? I mean, when she said that, she was evoking violence on Muslims all across our country. So you get the idea. I guess I don't need to play all the ones that we've prepared. Skip ahead to this is this one's interesting, though, because she's commenting here on the southern border crisis, but but not the one we've seen the past two years with six million illegals coming into the country. No, no. You've got to go back to the Trump years. That's when it was really bad. And uh, here again, she turns on the tears. Clip 11. We can talk about new proposals and legislation, but current law allows them to go through the legal process for asylum. And now listen to uh, clip 12. Mr. Chairman, 
It needs to be noted into record. I spoke to CPB agents, even though they told us not to speak to them too. Remember that? And I said, what do you think we need to do because you guys are overwhelmed? So really emotional over what happened during the Trump years. And since then, since uh, the fake illegitimate administration is now occupying the White House, not a peep, no, not a tear, nothing, nothing. The border is wide open, fentanyl, it's coming across. There's fentanyl enough to kill most in America right now. The cartels running the border, human trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, smuggling eggs, eggs even because of inflation. And yet no tears for that. It's interesting, just like Jesse Waters said on his show last night, it's interesting and revealing just to see what they cry about. They can turn on the tears just like that. But, but then consider what, what, what they're moved to tears over. It's always political. It's always self-centered. It's always about them, isn't it? Of course it is. Listen to this from... Uh, uh, well, did I play clip 13? No, no. Yeah, this is her reaction. She wasn't at, she wasn't in Congress the day of the January 6th protest, but still, AOC and all the rest. Remember, AOC nearly died, even though she was in another building or way down the hallway. In any event, they were traumatized. They had some kind of hearing in the House to just talk about how traumatized they were. This is following the protest on January 6th, clip 13. Each one paralyzed me each time. So what happened on January 6th, all I could do was thank Allah that I wasn't here. I felt overwhelming relief, and I feel bad for Alexandria, so many of my colleagues that were here. But as I saw it, I thought to myself, thank God I am not there. These are, these are not serious people. These are actors, as I say. This morning in the Epistles of Fall class, we were going through Re uh, Romans 12, where it talks about uh, God's love and how to be a living sacrifice, how to lay down your life in service to others, how to sacrifice your time, your energy, in serving God. And Paul, it's a beautiful chapter, the first three verses where he says, be that living sacrifice, don't think of yourself more highly than you should, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the Spirit of God, by the renewal of your mind. You can look at 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16 and see how that, that daily renewal, it's a day-by-day -day process, studying, praying, like we've discussed so often on this show, filling up on the Spirit of God, on the power of God, but it says in this chapter, this, this companion to the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, here in Romans 12, verse 9, it says, Let love, let God's love be without dissimulation. That means to be unfeigned, to be honest, to be sincere. Let your love be sincere. Do it as a service, as a sacrifice for the good of others. True love, if it's God's love, it expresses itself in action. It's action-oriented. And the flow, like Herbert Armstrong used to explain, the flow is away from self. It's not to serve you. It's not about self-love. It's not flowing inward. It's flowing outward. Unselfish, outflowing concern for the good and welfare 
of others. God's love must be unselfishly expressed. Otherwise, it's just pure self-righteousness. And there was a lot of that going on in the house yesterday. The whole head is sick. The whole body is sick. The heart is faint. It says, and let, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. And then verse 10, beautiful verse. It says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. You can see how that we should really, really be seeking refuge, as I've said recently in our Bible study, but also just in the family of God, to be kindly affectioned one to another, preferring God's family, but certainly loving this world as well, loving this world as our neighbor. They're they're future God beings as well, even, even all of these actors in Congress at the moment, their, their minds will be open to the truth in time. Right now, though, there is thick darkness that has set in over our nations. Bitter affliction, as it says in 2 Kings 14. All of that and more is discussed in America under attack. Make sure, and again, what, what better, I mean, what better admonition do we need to subscribe to the Trumpet magazine when you look at what was happening yesterday in the House of Representatives, and then what's the featured story? So much, as I say, fakery, phoniness everywhere. Fake, says the cover feature of the latest Trumpet magazine. If you haven't subscribed to the Trumpet as yet, the 800 number, it's one 930 Call our operators today and request a free one-year subscription. There's no cost, no obligation. And then, of course, you can get a free copy of America Under Attack as well. This is that Federalist piece. It says, stop crying in Congress. It's pathetic. (laughs) It's pathetic. It says here, a month after the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021, Rashida Tlaib and several other members held a planned crying session on the House floor over it. Yet their tears were absent when the nation's capital burned at the hands of left-wing activists the prior summer. <laughs> no tears for that one. Summer, summer riots. It went on for three months, not three hours. Three months, including in Washington, D.C., including right around the White House. Remember that? No tears from the squad. No, no, they had dried up. In the summer of love, they were actually in, encouraging it. AOC was calling for violence. She was saying, we basically, we need this violence to bring about change. How do you explain this, this mindset? It says here, the estimated damage from left-wing riots on America's main streets, the squad cheered on, was 66 times more than the one instance of violence at D.C. politicians' doorstep. 66 times more. And yet, Lawrence O'Donnell, he pays a visit to the Capitol yesterday, and he's like, I'm I'm traumatized. I can't, uh, I look out the windows, and all I see, all I see are pathways for the insurrectionists. It, It feels like it's a Civil War battlefield here. Maybe it'll change. This is a newsman. I mean, how much more can you cry about this? What is with all of the crying? It shows how emotionally unstable these people are. And it shows how powerful the prince of the power of the air really and truly is. Oh, yes. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with emotion, even tears of emotion. As long, like I read in the scriptures, as long as it's sincere and genuine, as long as it's moved by God's love. But that's not what we're seeing here. What we're seeing is like the trumpet article says, it's fake. It's acting. It's Oscar award-winning worthy performances. It says here, that act, that January 6th spectacle, that act was followed by a performance from former GOP Illinois rep Adam Kinzinger months later, whose infamous tears at the first hearing of the January 6th committee helped earn him a commentary gig at CNN. See, if you can turn on the tears, you may well end up being a commentator at CNN or MSNBC. Look at Lawrence O'Donnell's tweet. They're, they're throwing aside objectivity. I've read you that story already this week. Objectivity, that's out the window. Now you've got to inject bias. And, and I mean, it's got to be emotional as well. It says, gone seem to be the days when members of Congress could govern their own emotions amid allegedly governing a nation of 334 million people. Gone are the days when members of Congress could govern their emotions. Now go read Isaiah 3. This is all prophesied. Little children. They're going to be in control in these last days. And that doesn't mean little children literally. It means adults who behave like little children. Little kids throwing tantrums even. It says finally, it's hard when things don't go your way. But our leaders don't seem to know how to keep their emotions in check on matters of public policy. Especially when they lose. And everybody knows that's a recipe for division and disaster. See, everybody knows this. We're divided. I mean, we're heading for disaster. Look at the two sides. And when either side loses, then the tantrums begin. And we're seeing it on full display, <laughs> even in the House of Representatives. When we come back, we'll develop this theme just a little bit further before we uh, conclude today's show with our Bible study segment. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily, the email address. If you want to submit some feedback, that's td at thetrumpet.com. We'll be right back. The Trumpet Daily. Freedom is one of the most sought-after ideals in human history. Man's search for freedom has taken him into the fiercest of protests, struggles, revolutions, civil wars, and even world wars. Today, in the midst of free societies, many continue to fight for what they perceive as ever greater freedoms. And yet, many of these same people are actively fighting against law. Few people understand that this war against law actually undermines true freedom. To learn more, request Gerald Flurry's booklet, No Freedom Without Law. In this free booklet, you will see what the Bible says about the latter-day spirit of rebellion and lawlessness that is now so common in our nations today. Also request America Under Attack. In this booklet, you will learn more about the spirit behind this attack on law. You'll see where this is leading. Both booklets are offered freely at no cost or obligation to you. Request No Freedom Without Law and America Under Attack. Email your request to td 
at kpcg.fm or visit thetrumpet.com. The Trumpet Daily. Often asked, what is the best souvenir I got in two years as White House Chief of Staff? And my answer is very simple. It's this rock. <laughs> this plate, it's civil rock. It was given to me a year ago on one of our darker days by Louisa Terrell. And uh, it's always symbolized to me the fact that this team has been rock solid in their support of our agenda and the president, we've never wavered. We've been as solid as a rock. As I was saying in the first segment, I mean, if the emotion is, is not misguided, it can really be, it can really be a, a positive and a very good thing. And even, I mean, I find myself as I get older, it's just my kids are moved out now. They're off at college. It's just easier to get more nostalgic and a little bit emotional about an old photo or whatever it is. Life goes by fast for sure. But, you know, I also think this was back during the six years of litigation over Mystery of the Ages. And we were back and forth with the Worldwide Church of God attorneys, with the representatives for the WCG, who were working to destroy the writings of Herbert Armstrong. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget when Ralph Helge, the Worldwide Church of God attorney, was, was testifying in his deposition about the good old days and his support for Herbert Armstrong and how he, he loved Mr. Armstrong. And I mean, then the tears started to flow. The tears from this man that was stabbing Herbert Armstrong in the back, post-mortem. And we walked out of that deposition room and my father said to us, yeah, I bet he wasn't crying when the Tkachas destroyed Mystery of the Ages, when the Tkachas were throwing away hundreds of thousands of copies of Mystery of the Ages, when the Tkachas said, we have a Christian duty to keep it out of print. That's why the Bible says we better judge by fruits. Because you can, you can sure be deceived by emotion. You can be deceived by tears. Look at Hebrews 12 and verse 17 about Esau. It says there that he was... He was he was crying, seeking repentance, but he didn't. He didn't actually change. He didn't there was no room for repentance. His attitude wasn't right, and yet he, he could turn on the tears. What is wrong with some of these people? I mean, it just shows. It shows how childish their thinking really and truly is. I mean, here, this man, the chief of staff guy that's now leaving, He's, he's holding up this rock saying, this is what the administration has been like. Really? Is that, is that what Joe Obama has been like for the United States? A real rock-solid foundation? Because you look at the trail of works, or what's in the trail, following all of their actions that have hurt the country, that have hurt Americans, and that continue to hurt Americans. We better judge by fruits. Like I said, you know, with what Jesse Waters said last night, it's, it's very revealing when you see what it is they're crying about. Listen to this from his uh, program last evening. This is clip 14. Have you ever seen Democrats cry for their constituents who get shot? Have you ever seen Democrats cry when the cartels poison our people? People are getting pushed into subway tracks, but this gets Democrats upset. 
you get fired and they don't bat an eye, but the squad gets fired and they cry. This tells you everything you need to know about these people. It's all about them. It's not about you. It's about their power, their perks, their places on committee. Where was that emotion when the terrorists were blowing up our Marines in Afghanistan? Or when moms were scrambling for baby formula? Or with respect to 9-11, who can forget Ilhan Omar's quote after the fact, why care came into existence? Because on 9-11, some people did something, really? That's how she describes that attack, the worst attack on American soil since Pearl Harbor? Some people did something? I think it was 19 terrorists that blew up the World Trade Center and part of the Pentagon. And they were going after the White House, too. Some people did something, I should say. These are not patriots. They're not working for you, as Tucker, or rather Jesse, brings out. They're working for themselves. And I mean, when it revolves around themselves, they can really become quite emotional. Ephesians 2, 2, this is from America Under Attack. Again, I want to draw attention to this book, our most popular book. You need to make sure you add this to your library if you haven't already. The 800 number, one 930 It says, Ephesians 2, 2 calls Satan the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. But you see, who even believes in a devil today? Or the spirit that works in the children of disobedience? You see so much, so many fingerprints from the devil over all of our society. But you can sure see it in the way people are behaving. Just the unhinged, hysterical reactions to things. Some of it's just hard to watch. So many of the transgender things that come across my Twitter feed, I just I scroll right over it. Perhaps I should show a few of those little clips as well here and there. But the, the bizarre and the perverse. And then you have the Mr. Rogers clip making the rounds on social media, where back in the 80s he just said a little boy is a boy from the start, a little girl is a girl from the start. And, and somehow that's controversial now. Because we've moved so far ahead from that. We've progressed. You can't say a little boy is a little boy. And meanwhile, I see a clip this morning to, what, 10, 11-year-olds on a bus just beating this little girl. She had been bullied. She complained to the school. The school said we can't do anything. So she just has to hunker down and get pummeled on the school bus. What a world. These are young kids that are going to grow up and add guns to their arsenal. Weapons, knives, and that sort of thing. There is a prince of the power of the air. You can be sure of it. Ephesians 2.2 says it, but who believes it? Who believes in a real spirit world? You know the world, the physical world is real. You can see it. You can touch it. You can feel it. But what about the spirit world? God says that's more real than the physical because the spirit world is what brought the physical world into existence. God created Lucifer, and Lucifer rebelled against his maker. And he said over and again in Isaiah 14, we read it the other day, I will ascend above the Most High. I'm going to be more powerful than... It's all about me. Oh, you can be sure that the devil, he can turn on the tears. 
He's an angel of light, after all. He looks and acts. He behaves like a little angel. He's perfect. In his eyes, he is. And yet, look at what he's doing. Look at what he's doing to this world. Look at what he's doing to our nations. America Under Attack says, The devil is stirring up people's emotions, moods, and attitudes. When people get into a negative emotion or a bad attitude, he works on those people even more. He has power to influence those wrong emotions. He has deceived the world through them. See, this is one way that the devil deceives the world. It's through emotion. It's through emotional immaturity. Again, God is an emotional being. But all of those emotions, whether it's righteous indignation or love, empathy, whatever it is, it's all perfectly channeled, perfectly controlled by the love of God, which is an unselfish, outflowing concern for the good and welfare of others. And of course, God and Jesus Christ, they have demonstrated that love by the sacrifice that they made for mankind. John 3, verse 16. And so then we come to Romans 12, like we studied in the class this morning, and you see where God inspires Paul to say that we ought all to be living sacrifices. We ought to follow in the steps the example of Jesus Christ and love God and the family of God above ourselves even. And then love our neighbors as ourselves, future God beings, children of God, Human beings made in the image of God. This is God's purpose and plan. And Satan knows. You see, he knows he's about out of time. His time is short. It's the only, it's the only explanation that you can put forward as to why this world is the way it is. Imagine looking at this world, as some do in the world of traditional Christianity, and say, you know, it's, yeah, it's got a lot of evil, but uh, I think in this uh, tug of war... God's going to win in the end, and we're going to win people over to Jesus. In the end, we'll have the majority. Well, it's not working out so well, is it, this tug of war? Seems like the devil and his demon army, they're making advances everywhere that you look. And they are, and that's because Satan is the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. And he's deceived the whole world, and one way that he does that is by preying on human emotion. Emotion that's just out of control. Emotion that's not kept in check by the love of God. It's just there to, well, the, tant the tantrum's got to run its course, right? They bang the gavel. Your time is up. I will not be silenced. You belong in the committee. This is what we see. This is what passes for leadership. This is not God's system of government, obviously. This is human nature. Human nature as described in 2 Timothy 3. We're in the midst of dangerous, perilous times. Let's read it. <laughs> Let's read it since we're on the subject. A little bit off topic, but not, not so far off. <laughs> 2, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3. And verse 1. Here's the Apostle Paul saying, This know also... That in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Men shall love themselves. 
more than God, certainly more than God, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. It says without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent or without discipline, without self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. It says it has a form of godliness in verse 5. It sure does, but it denies God's power. We read this to you earlier this week. It denies God's power. And instead, really does promote all things that are fake and phony. Just like it says at the, at the cover of the latest Trumpet magazine. It's a fake world. A fake world. AUA says people don't understand God's word. They lack spiritual depth, so they simply follow along emotionally, and Satan deceives them. You see how it works? There is a definite reason why masses of people have done and are doing insane things. It stems from people trusting their own will, relying on and exalting their emotions, urges and even reasonings rather than submitting to God's will. You can see why we need a solid foundation. Okay, so let's talk about a rock-solid foundation, Mr. Klain, because that's not what this fake administration is constructed upon. Far from it. But there is a solid foundation revealed in the Holy Bible, grounded in the laws of God, that keeps those emotions in check, channeled the way that they should be. For sure, God wants us to be emotional beings. He wants us to be outflowing in our concern. He wants for us to be considerate and kind. To, this is all d- defined by God's love. Or part of that definition of his love. Kindness, concern, empathy. It says in Romans 12, same thing in 1 Corinthians 12. You know, when one member of the body is up, then you're up there rejoicing. If they, get, if they get a break and they're excited or they have a breakthrough or a promotion or an opportunity, then God's love is right there to say, congratulations, you, you deserve it. What a wonderful opportunity this is for you. And yet if they're down, if they're struggling through trial and test, you're there with them to comfort them, to console them. This is from No Freedom Without Law. My father says, all the leaders are like little children in their reasoning. They rule like babes. A child has no real history to draw from. Many leaders have rejected the lessons of history. Our greatest secular source of guidance, it says, a good understanding of history also gives a leader vision into the future. The most important vision of the future comes from the Bible. It says, no secular source compares to God's word. So you've got history, you've got the Holy Bible. But you see, children, like he says there, they don't really have history to draw from. That's why they need parental guidance and direction. That's why they need standards, rules to live by within the home. But when all that's out the window, and it's just a free-for-all, those children, they'll grow up physically, but they're just going to be adult children, basically. And that's what Isaiah 3 is all about says there at the start of that chapter, God just takes away the, the leaders. And who is left? Well, 
women and children. It says here, children are guided almost solely by emotions unless they are guided by a wise adult. But here in Isaiah, the children rule. He's talking about Isaiah 3. Guided mainly by their emotions, and children are naturally lawless. Our leaders have never grown up emotionally. It's a perfect description of our world today. I mean, this is a book, No Freedom Without Law. I think it was written over 20 years ago. If you don't have a copy of that one, call our operators. Request No Freedom Without Law, the 800 number, one again, once again, 1-866-930-3024. It says, finally, and that is true of all of our leaders, not just one political party, and they lead the nations of Israel, including what has been the world's number one superpower. Just look at what brings them to tears. Nancy Pelosi stepping down from her position as House Speaker. And I mean, John Boehner, he just loses. He, he can hardly talk. He's heaving with emotion. You've seen some examples just today on the show. They're becoming more and more frequent. Why is that? My father wrote back in 2017 with respect to climate change. This is another topic that gets people really worked up emotionally. He says, many people become very emotional about climate change and in some cases completely lose their tempers when they go on TV. Satan thrives by using such attitudes and emotions. If you are guided by your feelings, the devil will use that. If it's just nothing about anything except feelings, what you feel like doing, Boy, the, the devil's going to pounce on that, for sure. This is from an article uh, way back in 1992 at the Trumpet. Satan is using human emotion to achieve his ends. So we've been talking about this for decades. Herbert Armstrong's the one in Mystery of the Ages that talked about Ephesians 2.2, the prince of the power of the air, and he said that he never could, he could, couldn't have understood that as deeply as he did until the advancing technology showed him that, like with the radio airwaves, you know, a signal that goes from this tower over to, you know, the receiver, wherever that is, and then it comes through loud and clear when you turn on the radio or you turn on the TV, you get that over-the-air signal. And he said, then I could really come to understand how the devil surcharges the air with his attitudes, impulses, and moods. It's everywhere. That again, that explanation, it's in Mystery of the Ages, this book right here. If you don't have this one in your library, that's a definite must. Call our operators today for Herbert Armstrong's magnum opus, Mystery of the Ages, written in the last year of his life. One more article, this is from 2018 in The Trumpet. This was uh, during the uproar over Brett Kavanaugh, remember that? Remember how they were going after him and looking through his, his yearbook and just trying to find anything and everything that they could to slander him? It says here, the radical left is sick. They do not accept criticism, and they are not sound-minded. It says the power behind them is very dangerous. What they are doing has the devil's fingerprints all over it. And then he cites Ephesians 2.2. It says, Satan loves to stir up nasty, unbridled emotion. He just loves it. 
He can whip people into a frenzy. We've seen it happen historically. But what about in these last days when the devil and his demon army, when they're cast down to this earth, they're actually confined to this earth? Well, like my father says, you see their fingerprints all over this nation, all over this world. We have a few minutes left, and I just want to follow up on the Project Veritas revelations from last week. There was another video, that same Pfizer official, that was talking about all of the problems that, that women could have because of the vaccine regarding their, their menstruation. This is from Zero Hedge. It says, there is something irregular about the menstrual cycles, so people will have to investigate that down the line. This is quoting Walker, you know, the guy that uh, exposed Pfizer without him knowing about it. Of course, it was an under, undercover investigation. But it says here, it's quoting him, it says, the COVID vaccine shouldn't be interfering with, with menstrual cycles, so we don't really know. Here he is admitting, yeah, we don't know what the long-term effects of this are going to be. We don't know what kind of adverse effects or injuries are going to come about because of this vaccine. Listen to this from the uh, Project Veritas revelation, clip five. So there hasn't been like any problems so far. We'll see. Uh, like in the next several years, if anything, up, if anything comes up, I'm hoping it won't, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Hope nobody's growing three legs or something like that, right? Yeah, or like the entire next generation is like super up. Could you imagine the scandal? Oh my God. I'd be, I'd take Pfizer off my resume. Yeah. Something irregular about their menstrual cycle, so people will have to investigate that down the line. Yeah. Well, because that is a little concerning. Because like, if you think about the science, like it shouldn't be interpacting interacting with like you know that uh it's called like the hypo, uh, hypothalamus anterior gonadal axis right like you know the hormones are like their menstrual cycles things like that and the action shouldn't be interfering with that so we don't really it, know it shouldn't it shouldn't like that. but is it there's something happening but we don't know if we're out well i mean you're a urologist so you must understand like what's going on with it right like well that's why i understand that it's weird i mean i've i've heard that you know like mm-hmm. just mental cycles and I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. And we don't discover something really bad. Not one. I hope we don't find out that, like, somehow this mRNA, like, lingers in the body. I mean, like, has, cause it has to be impacting something hormonal. To impact menstrual cycles. I hope something really bad doesn't happen from this. I hope that mRNA technology doesn't just stay in the body. I mean, this could be bad. I, I might have to take Pfizer off my resume if this turns out to be scandalous. Where was... Where was any of this two years ago when they were first rolling out the vaccines and, uh, and really coercing people into taking it, forcing people in some cases, professional athletes and the like. And now all these studies coming out, a, a fairly extensive one at that, with respect to the problems it's causing women. Listen to this exchange from Mark Stein, his show on GB News, clip six. And what's also really interesting about this study is that it was a sample size of over 35,000 participants, uh, which they asked them how receiving a COVID-19 vaccine impacted their menstrual cycles. I mean, if you go through the data, you can see that most of the people received the Pfizer vaccine followed in suit by the Moderna vaccine. Um, But what really I think is is so eye-catching about this study is not just the 40.2%, 
but how this story really the impacts that COVID-19 uh, vaccines have had, particularly on young women um, in their menstrual cycles, how the media refuses to report on it. But that means there are would be like over 40 million women who've had their menstrual cycles affected by the COVID vaccine. That's the sort of thing that you think would be very disquieting for large numbers of people, don't you? Yeah, it's the sort of thing that you think you would think would be at least discussed among the talking heads. But no, they ignore. They ignore it. Steve Kirsch at his Substack page, he said, you can prove that the COVID vaccines are killing people of all ages and that it should immediately be stopped, the rollout for these vaccines. You can prove it. The studies are now coming in. There's a story at Newsweek. It's time for the scientific community to admit we were wrong about COVID and it costs lives. You're seeing more stories like this. You're seeing more talking heads come out and admit, not nearly enough, but Ben Shapiro, he's regretted getting the vaccine. He's the one who called people dopes for not getting it. He just blindly went along. Two years ago, you're a dope if you don't get the jab. Well, now he's had second thoughts. Dan Bongino, he's had second thoughts. He was more pressured into it because of his position at Fox. Scott Adams, the cartoonist, he says, you got to admit, I mean, uh, I was pro-vax, but uh, the anti-vaxxers are right. They were right on this. And just like Kirsch points out, you can prove it. You can prove it if you're willing to open your eyes, if you have an open mind, and if you're humble enough, if you're not so high-minded that you're just insisting you're right. But if you humble yourself, Romans 12, 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Satan preys on that kind of an attitude, just as he, just as he preys on out-of-control emotion. He's, he's the prince of the power of the air, after all. So we've got to go to God for that spirit of soundness. God's spirit, 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. It's the spirit of a sound mind. It's the spirit of love. It's the spirit of power, and we certainly need it in the world of today. That's all we have time for on today's show, the fastest moving hour in broadcasting. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us today. We thank you for joining us all week, and we'll see you next time.